Now, Backyard Millionaire. How to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Here's your host, Chris Story. With your millionaire creed, say it with me. Promise yourself to invest in yourself. Promise yourself to trust yourself. Honor your instincts. You're probably not wrong. Promise yourself to never invest on an emotional basis. Use the facts. Promise yourself to negotiate with a win-win in mind. And by the way, that's with everybody you negotiate with in business as in life. Promise yourself to find a need in your marketplace and dutifully fill it. Promise yourself to begin with the end in mind, no matter what you start. Promise yourself to look forward, but don't live in the future. Learn from your past, but don't spend too much time there either. Promise yourself to live the good life, the one you were promised right here in the present. What a powerful show today. We're going to talk about getting rich slowly. I'm answering a couple of questions that we received in the email device. Kelly Griebel will be a guest here a little bit later in the program. You know her there in the Central Peninsula. She is a associate broker with Century 21. We're not going to be talking about real estate, though, with Kelly Griebel. We'll be talking about animals in an event where Kelly and I will both be here coming up and what you can do about it. Rhonda Johnson brings you your mortgage moment and much, much more. It's a really powerful show. And I want to thank really quickly right off the top Horizon Wireless for making it happen. You know, it's, it's easy when I just sit here at the microphone. That's well, not easy. Can I just back up a minute and say I make it look easy? It's difficult to produce a world-class program, not once, but twice a week. Are you kidding me? It's difficult, but I make it look easy, made even easier by Horizon Wireless 226-3130, Horizon Wireless. Dad, this is it. From now on, I'm going to be taking care of all of you. This isn't another get-rich-quick scheme, is it, Larry? What's wrong with getting rich quick? Quick is the best way to get rich. Look who I'm talking to. Do you ever see her family? They find a nickel, they huddle together and bury it like squirrels. <laughs> Fly me to the moon, let me play. Uh, the wonderful Jason Robards love his portrayal in Parenthood with Steve Martin. He was the, the grandpa, he was the father, a grumpy man. Also, I love Jason Robards in one of my other favorite movies. We'll get back to Getting Rich Slowly in a minute, but Jason Robards played an incredible role for a very short moment of time, spoiler alert, in the movie Enemy of State. Enemy of the State with Will Smith and Gene Hackman. That's one of my favorite movies. John Voight is in it. Jason Robards for a moment. Again, spoiler alert there. What a great movie. Jason Robards, though, increased the value of any production he was on. Getting rich quick is all over the place. I don't know if you... Maybe it's just what I'm interested in or things that come at me in YouTube commercials, but I'm seeing a lot 
uh, of promotions for people that are promoting and adver advertising and just marketing these ways of essentially getting something for nothing. And this is nothing new. It's just now it's digitally focused on anybody who might watch something on, on wealth building or real estate or whatever. Now suddenly they're gonna come at you with all this marketing of nonsense. 95% of it's nonsense anyway. There's a few nuggets here and there, but you gotta really dig deep in most of these hucksters spiels and pitches to really find that nugget. And so just, I was watching one the other day and the guy was like, do you want to learn how I paid off $500,000 in debt in two weeks? Something like that. Or another one that was, uh, uh, are you tired of going to work? Would you like to just, and then what's in the background, what's the B-roll behind the voice is somebody lounging on a white sand beach. And I was like, oh, good grief. Okay, there are ways that you can scale a company. There's like one in 400 million are probably gonna become the next 28-year-old Mark Zuckerberg worth whatever billion dollars he's worth. By the way, have you watched any of the hearings where he's been excoriated by Senator Josh Hawley, Senator Ted Cruz, and, and uh, others, Marsha Blackburn, others? Boy, just taking a pummeling on the, on the robotic chin of Mark Zuckerberg. Will anything come out of it other than some must-see clips on the internet? I don't know. I hope so. But let's get back to getting rich slowly. Real estate is the best way proven over time, over thousands of years. Real estate is the best way to get and not just get, but get and stay rich. And what I mean by that is getting wealthy, getting rich, having money come at you is one thing. Keeping it is another. Growing it is a whole other thing. In real estate, I don't want to say it makes it easy, but it makes it easier because it's illiquid. You can't just go out and spend property at 123 Main Street tomorrow. You've got to go about evaluating it, marketing it, going through the escrow and closing the due diligence process. And it could be months and months, half a year before you can liquidate that asset. Whereas you could call your stock trader or you could make a trade yourself and liquidate a stock asset or a bond or something in a relatively short period of time. So that the illiquidity of real estate is a great asset in your asset column because it, it forces you to save. It forces you to slow down. And that's a, that's a wonderful way to keep wealthy in building and accumulating wealth, but then also keeping it. Again, a little bit forced as such. Also, of course, rich, I mean in two ways, not just cash, because cash in the bank is getting worth less every single day. You know that with inflation and everything else that's going on. You know that it's just the cash value of your cash, the purchase power of your cash is going down daily. And so we're talking about rich, meaning rich in passive income, but also net worth. Passive these days um, means something different to everybody. I never... Anytime I work with an investor, a potential investor, somebody who wants, and, and by the way, I'm going to be talking uh, in, in just a little bit here. I'm going to be answering a question from a guy called SJ who asks a question about investing. So when I'm talking to somebody like SJ or anybody who's never done it before, investing in, in rental or income property, passive is a relative term. For example, the last two, well, three days, you would have found me making a million bucks in my own backyard underneath a couple of commercial buildings I own that had uh, plumbing issues, frozen pipes. 
And so it's, you know, it's just the nature of it. Another uh, situation I was dealing with yesterday is, again, relative to the cold. Uh, and then today, got a call from somebody that their mini storage uh, needed help with a, with a latch because of the cold. Again, things shift a little bit. So it's passive, but yet at the same time, it is relative. It's all relative. I was coordinating a repair in one of our laundry rooms. I was, you know, all the stuff. So it's passive, but at the same time, it's not, you know, just owning, say, a stock and all you have to do is look at it every three months or something like that. Of course, that kind of passivity comes with a different kind of risk, doesn't it? It comes with a kind of risk that could erase your entire net worth by one action from somebody else, something you have zero control over. So that's that's what I love about the passivity of real estate income, that is, it's moderately passive, but at the same time, your net worth is growing every single year. Appreciation increases while you sleep. That's wonderful. Rents are accumulating, and not just accumulating, but they're paying down your debt, assuming you've used some leverage. And not everybody does. Some people love to pay cash for a property or only want to pay cash. It's fine. Somebody on the internet recently... And I think they were doing this just to get some credit, just to get use Dave Ramsey's name in their show, in their headline, and they kind of, I think, believed they were going to garner a lot of views, even if they got some people that are angry at him. Because this guy said, oh, Dave, Dave Ramsey's lost all credibility with me as a financial advisor because, because he turned out, he was asked, if somebody offered you $10 billion interest-free for five years, would you take it? And he said, no. And, and of course, Dave is Dave is absolutely. It's like it's like asking somebody who's you know twelve years sober. Look, if I could come up with a, a a type of champagne or alcohol that was guaranteed not to make you addicted again, would you drink it? No, he, Dave doesn't. Want, Dave abused credit horrifically. Dave Ramsey so abused credit and leverage that he actually sunk his fortune and his family, and they lost everything. So asking a guy like him. If he would like some interest-free loans to the tune of ten billion dollars, absolutely hard, hard, fat, hard pass, and an absolute no. There are people that follow and subscribe to that. Like I will owe nothing to no man, neither a lender nor borrower. Be it's fine. That's a philosophy. That's one plank. No problem. You can also go down the leveraged, smart leverage. By the way, plank, and that's no problem either. You can you can do it. You can have other people pay down your debt for you through wise well-managed properties and so that's what we promote here and there's tax benefits of course i don't give tax advice but there are plenty of tax benefits owning your own real estate portfolio also and i think this is underreported gives you a deep connection to your community a truly deep and honorable and respected sense of purpose and connection to your community well i knew what i didn't want to know and i saw where i want to go so I took the path less traveled on and I'll let my stories be whispered when I'm gone real estate the best way to get rich stay rich and get rich slowly by the way <laughs> not quick if somebody promises you quick riches I'd run the other direction you're listening to the backyard millionaire coming up in just a moment Rhonda Johnson with your mortgage moment stick around
You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. I'm Chris Story, and with me right now for our mortgage moment is Rhonda J. Johnson, the queen of green. You can find her online at rhondajohnson.net, rhondajohnson.net. Rhonda, good day. Hey, Chris, how are you? Well, I've got no complaints. I'm surveying the landscape of the investment world, trying to help people, as always, at all all you know, upper and lower end of that echelon, wherever you are. If it's your first rental property or your 31st or 10th, whatever it is, there seems to be a lot of flux happening with these interest rates. And I thought rather than focus on those for a minute, let's talk about a program that I'm hearing rumblings about, but I don't know much about that would allow people to invest in a multifamily. So if we can go down that direction. Tell us what is new in the financial world for multifamily purchase. Yeah, this is actually really exciting. Um, so, you know, we have, if you're a veteran, you could buy a one to four unit property with zero down. We could do FHA with three and a half percent down for one to four units. But if neither of those worked for you and we were in the conventional world, then for a two to four unit, you would have to put anywhere from 20 or 15 to 25 percent down. And so what happened here just very recently in about October was that Fannie Mae made an adjustment to where if you are going to use conventional financing, Fannie Mae financing, and buy a primary multifamily, so two to four units, and you're going to live in one unit, they're now allowing us to let you in with only 5% down. And that can be done with um, either uh, uh, purchase or you could even do a rate and term refinance, whereas before you had to have that 15 or 25% equity. So it opened up the doors to some other kinds of financing. If you weren't a veteran or didn't fall in the FHA price ranges or whatever, then now this lets you in with a much, much lower down payment. That's cool. So just so I'm following the bouncing ball, we've historically been able to purchase a duplex, triplex, or fourplex with a traditional long-term 30-year fixed rate mortgage, and there's a few different options, one being the conventional 15 to 25% down, and then on down to zero with vets, uh, veterans, as you just talked about. But the difference here is literally acquiring a fourplex, let's say, for example, and only putting 5% down. Do they penalize us on the interest rates? Are they going to be a, a bit higher than if you were putting more down? Well, there's a lot of different variables with those interest rates. So there could be a slight adjustment it being multifamily instead of a single family but the the benefit of not having to put 25 percent down so it was 15 percent down for a duplex 25 percent down for three to four units mm. <clears throat> and so the slight difference that you might have on the interest rate is so much better than another 20 percent down to buy that multifamily and it's going to be even better the rate's going to be even better in this scenario because it's your primary residence versus a non-owner occupied duplex, triplex, or fourplex, right? 100% correct. Um, those investment property rates are pretty high right now. And part of the challenge with that, if you recall, um, last April, then Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, who are the only ones that do investment property loans for us, uh, decided that they wanted to reduce their portfolio of investment properties and second homes and leave more money available for owner-occupied, which is great and, that's, and that helps a lot of 
uh, owner-occupied properties, but since there are only outlets for investment properties, they reduced their portfolio from 15% down to 7%. So the only way to slow that that funnel is to raise the rates and fees, mm. and they're still pretty high right now. Plus there's another risk, right? So if you have um, anything happens in your financial world and you have a roof over your head that you live in and you have another roof that you don't live in, that one probably would have a tendency to go away first before you lose the roof over your own head. So they have a different risk level so that you get charged extra for that as well. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth Where You Are with What You've Got. I'm in conversation with Rhonda Johnson and Cornerstone Home Lending. And Rhonda, you and I have been talking about these things for a lot of years. And what's not changed is non-owner occupied. All these, all these, well, 22 years you and I have been working together personally, the risk is always higher with non-owner occupied and always has been available this opportunity to sort of stair-step your way to wealth. Our four home formula for the backyard millionaire is if you own four homes in your own backyard, you'll retire with a net worth of a million dollars. Plus, in addition to that, and of course that's changed as prices have gone up over the years, but also you'll have passive income, you'll have tax deductions, all the benefits of real estate ownership. But I think what I'm what I'm really enjoying is kind of going back to that. If you're willing to live in and on the property for a time, you get rewarded. What's the requirement with this new product, 5% down, fourplex? How long must you occupy as your primary residence? Right. With any of them, they're going to ask that you live in that home for a minimum of 12 months. Okay. So you're going to want to plan on living at least one year. Now, there's one other thing, Chris, that um, uh, for our investors that might be unique is um, if you purchase something outside the city limits of Homer, Seward, and it's a two to four unit property, then Alaska Housing also has that rural non-owner occupied loan um, that has better rates and terms than the conventional loans do. But it's not limited to that outside the city limits, but it's got like interest rates in the sixes where all the other investment properties are in the eight. So it's, um, it's a really good product if you find a multifamily outside those city limits. And what kind of down payment are you talking about there? 20%. Okay, got where it. The conventional ones were 25, remember. So you right. get a little better down payment, really, really better interest rate. And it would just have to be for those two to four units outside the city limits. And as we talk about, and there's, you know, sort of short-term rentals that become the boogeyman for all things wrong. Like if you stub your toe, it's, oh, short-term rental. In addition to, it's the reason that prices are high and with affordability slash no availability and all that. Okay, forget that for a minute and just recognize our city centers around Alaska are becoming infilled to a point where we're going to have to look rural to accommodate a lot of these housing. So it would really be a good idea to understand that Alaska housing program for rural areas. I think that's great. And, and coming, coming back to Alaska housing for just a minute on a single family, let's say you want to buy your home. Don't they have a 10% down in the rural program also whereby you can avoid mortgage insurance, which saves you a ton? Yeah, absolutely. So they're the, also the only product with 10% down that eliminates that requirement for mortgage insurance. And those first-time homebuyer rates are in the fives. Mm, so, wow. um, so, so they're a really good go-to product that we have available to Alaskan lenders and Alaskan borrowers. Um, so just 
all I can do is say, please make sure that you double check those products as a possibility um, because they're really good. And, and you're kind of setting me up. You didn't intend this, but you're setting me right up to knock down a strike here and say, this is why you want to go to rondajohnson.net. This is why you want to work with an Alaskan mortgage broker because Alaska housing is an option that you need to be able to consider. And also just knowing the local players and knowing uh, everything that goes into a whole transaction, you need to be working with somebody in state to accommodate either a refinance or a purchase. Speaking of refinances, Rhonda, is anybody refinancing right now or is that just completely like shut off completely? No, actually there's a lot of, um, there's probably about 30% of the pipelines are filled with refinances right now. And there's a number of reasons, you know, there's um, maybe there's some higher interest rate credit card debt that we want to get rid of. Maybe there's some investment opportunities we want to take advantage of. There's a lot of people that have a lot of equity built up into their homes. And so there are T-locks or, or equity loans that are going on. You know, unfortunately, sometimes there's still um, family restructuring, I call them, <laughs> um, where one person needs to buy out the other person kind of a thing and there's refinances going on there. So, yeah, there's still refinances going on. It's not it's not um, the most pleasant in this interest rate environment, but it's still necessary. And that's still better, you know, if you have 20% interest rates on credit cards oh, and yeah. we need to get rid of some debt, mm-hmm. then even a 7% mortgage rate is not that is very attractive in those kinds of situations. And you raise a great point. I mean, we've seen just recently credit card debt in America reach over a trillion dollars. I mean, it's just, it, it's in those interest rates make uh, the highest home mortgage interest rate look like, you know, I mean, that looks like the mafia at, uh, at those interest yeah. rates. So doing something different is important. And that raises another question around credit. And so we have a little motto here on the program, which is you cannot save your way to wealth, but you can invest your way to a fortune if you can learn to save. Part of learning to save is is playing the credit game because I'm always leery to say to somebody, hey, you should get a credit card. I don't, in fact, I never say that. I always say you should consult with a mortgage broker and find out how to either repair or build your credit. But part of playing the game is having those credit cards. But it's also, it's a huge risk. So give me the the Rhonda Johnson 101 on managing credit cards effectively, or if you have no credit, where do you start? Right. Well, if you have no credit, you definitely need to have a credit card. You need to have three sources of credit that you make payments on monthly for at least 12 months. And that's going to get you that solid credit uh, score. But one of those sources, if not two, needs to be a credit card. The number one, number one rule is just never, 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 never put more than 30% in charges compared to your limit. And if you keep that between 10 and 30%, you're going to see great uh, uh, things happen with your credit score. But remember, I said 10 to 30%. It can't be just zero. You can't just get that credit card, stick it in your wallet, and never, ever use it. You have to have a little bit of activity on it at least every 90 days, but no more than 30% of your limit. So 30% of the limit, even if you pay it off monthly, you're not saying carry a balance for 30%. It's use up to 30% and pay it off monthly is fine? Mm-hmm. Correct, correct. And then isn't there a trick to pay it off a certain amount of time ahead of when it actually becomes due so it does get reported? Well, yes and no. 
So you want to see that little balance on there that's getting paid off after it's reported to the credit bureaus as long as that balance is low. But if you have to put a big charge on there, let's say like you need to buy an emergency plane ticket or you need new tires for your car or a major repair or, and so you go over that 30% limit, um, then you're going to want to make that payment about three or four days before your statement closing date to get your balance back below that 30% before it reports to the credit bureaus. So whatever you owe on that statement closing date is what's going to get reported to the credit bureaus. So if you're trying to improve your credit, you're over your 30%, make your payment three or four days before that statement closing date. Do you ever look at somebody's report or their, their credit report and their financials and just say, um, you know, it, it, no, never, you're, you're too far behind. I mean, I, I'm kind of, I, this is sort of a, I know where you're going to go with it, but I just want to give people that feel underwater, feel overwhelmed, some hope. So is there ever a time that you saw somebody, no, never? No, absolutely not. Um, and here's what I do. Here's my strategy for that is we go through a simulator to say, if you do A, B, C, D, E, then your score will go from here to here in this amount of time. Now let's take that very smallest amount that it's going to take to take care of A, and let's get that one wiped out. And then we go to the next smallest amount, B, and we get that one wiped out. And that way you see that progress, and then everything that you spent on A and B, now you have to see, so it's a snowball uphill, right? Um, so that way, there's never no way out. There's always a way out. And sometimes it takes a little longer than others, but as long as we have a plan, then we can work at it. And that's what I like to do. I like to come up with a plan. And then it's up to you on how fast you want to work on it and how fast you can work on it with your finances. But there's always a plan. We can always help. And if you want that help, call Rhonda Johnson at 907-252-5682 or go online, rhondajohnson.net. Personally helping Tiffany and I for over 22 years. Rhonda, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, thanks, Chris. Appreciate it. All right, folks, stick around. We'll be back with more here on The Backyard Millionaire. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, how to create wealth where you are with what you've got. Coming up in just a moment, Kelly Griebel, she's going to be telling you about an opportunity where you can get involved and do some good in your community. Plus, I've got a couple of questions. Again, SJ asks about saving money. Also, Mary's asking a question about reverse mortgage. We'll get to both of those coming up after my wonderful conversation with my good friend, Kelly Griebel. Kelly Griebel, you're one of the, if not the busiest realtors in the state of Alaska. And you decided at some point, I'm not busy enough. I need to take on another cause. I need to create an organization or at least help create one for the betterment of pets around the peninsula. So start us off. What's the organization that you helped found? So we are KPAL Rescue, which stands for Kenai Peninsula Animal Lovers Rescue. And we started in 2019, five years ago, my best friend, Abby Hall, and I said we need to do something. We are a volunteer foster-based organization, which means we don't have a location and we don't have any funding. We have a board of 10 amazing people who love animals and volunteer between 20 and 40 hours every week to help towards this organization. So um, people will surrender their dogs to us, whether it's puppies from an oops litter 
or sadly, if they're leaving state and can't take their dogs or whatever the issue might be, they go into a foster home that is a vetted foster with KPAL where they are lovingly cared for and well socialized until they are adopted. We provide everything to that foster so it's no cost to them. So we take care of the vet needs, the food, the bed, the kennel, the toys, everything that's needed. They just need to open their homes and their hearts. People can apply for dogs or pets that we have and they'll have to fill out an application and then we do a background check and we're only checking for animal abuse or neglect or um, domestic violence. And then we do what's called a home visit. And before COVID, we used to do, you know, in-person home visits. But now that's one of the good things from COVID. We're still doing it by FaceTime or video. So we just want those people to show us, you know, where would your dog be during the day when you're not there? Where would the puppy sleep at night? And what's the outside potty situation? Then we want to meet the other people in the house and other dogs in the house and want to make sure that it feels right, that this is the right home for that animal because we want all of our placements to be forever. These poor dogs have been through enough. We don't need them uprooted from yet another home. You're doing so much good. This is incredible. I'm really a big supporter and I, I want to get to an event that's coming up and you've invited me part of it and I'm, I'm thrilled and honored to be part of it. But is there is there some education out there as well? Is KPAL doing anything to help the public and the, the general you know public at large maybe, maybe stymie or stem some of the problem that has created this great demand that you are, you're filling the demand, which is wonderful, but are you guys educating people and kind of helping the other side of the conversation as well? Yes, I'll tell you about a couple things that we are doing. So if someone has an oops litter, what we do is we take in those puppies when they're old enough to be away from the mama, or we will take in the mama as well until they're done nursing. But we always fix the mom and the dad. And then any animal or puppy that goes through us, part of the adoption fee, which is only 350 takes care of their age-appropriate shots, deworming, microchipping, and spay and neuter. So they get, it's like between an $800 and a $1,200 value, depending on if it's a male or a female. That's all included. So we're really trying to cut down on the litters. This winter, we've had 19 litters of puppies, which is more than we have ever seen. But we know that none of these 70, or actually it was over 100 at one time, none of these puppies are going to be reproducing and neither are their parents. Um, we also work hand in hand with other organizations in the community like Peninsula Spay and Neuter Fund. So they are um, also, people donate to them. That's how they are able to keep going. But anyone in the public can apply for a coupon that will help pay a decent sized portion of the spay or neuter because it is very expensive these days. Mm-hmm. Very expensive. Um, but anytime we see a post on Facebook of people giving away or selling dogs or anything, we always post the information about Cape Hall Rescue, Peninsula Spay Neuter. So we want to educate these people, but we don't want to be 
too rude about it, mm. if you get what I'm saying. Of course, of course. Because as you said, <laughs> and I think it's very forgiving, you said the oops type litter, it can happen. And people have the best of intentions in, in many cases, not always, but yeah. let's just presume that on the, the this side of the conversation, it, oh, it was an accident. Here's how you can fix the problem from reoccurring and remultiplying infinitum and so you got to be able to stop the you know stop the flood at some point and so i really admire yeah. that end of it and that you're partnering with those other folks i think it's wonderful tell us about the event that is coming up in february so our annual fundraiser is called the cape house furball and it is a dinner live and silent auction and the most amazing slideshow set to music that will make you have to get out the kleenex i promise you that um, we're having that at the beautiful Lone Moose Lodge, which is about one and a half miles down Sunny River Road. And it'll be on Saturday, February 24th from 6 to 9 p.m. And are tickets still available? And if so, where can folks get their hands on them? We're only allowed to have 100 people there, which makes it a little tough. But there are about 40 tickets left for sale. They're $75 each. And if you go to our Facebook page or our Instagram page, you'll find the post about the furball. And on there is a link that you can click on. It'll take you right there to go ahead and take care of that. But I would urge you to hurry. And if for any reason you get tickets and you can't come, please let us know. And we can refund you if you want your money back. But what we'd like to do is resell those to someone who can be present. We want to fill that place up. We want to make money because I'll tell you something pretty shocking, Chris. So um, December, our vet bill at one place was $16,000 and at the other place was 5000 That just kind of tells you how much we are spending for all of these, mostly for the puppy situation. It's astronomical. And again, we have no funding. We operate on the generosity of people in our community. But we, we absolutely, we really need to do more. We're, we barely make it month to month. Mm. And our, we would really love to have a facility someday to take in. There's a lot of strays around and people whose dogs get out. We would love to have a facility. Um, but our main concern are these dogs now, so we can't even think about that at this time. We're just getting by month to month, getting all these pets taken care of, spayed, neutered, and adopted into forever loving homes. Well, it's great work. And the, these you. these dogs, the, the whole peninsula, you know, truthfully is going to be better off for you having done this work now rather than later. I'm honored you asked me to be the auctioneer. I can't wait to be there at the Furball. I encourage everybody to go get your tickets right now. Get in touch with Kelly, go to the Facebook or Instagram for KPAL and get involved and, and show up, bring your checkbook, and we're going to have a great time, aren't we? We are. Can I tell you about one more thing we're doing? Yeah, absolutely. We have round-trip tickets on Alaska Airlines that we are selling raffle tickets for. We're going to do the drawing at the furball but need not be present to win. It is only $50 for each champ to um, enter to win these round-trip tickets anywhere Alaska Airlines goes. And um, you can also see this from the post on our page and our Instagram. And I share it on my personal page every couple of days. 
but there's a link in there. It's the post that comes up and it's got airplane on it. Boy, I'm telling you right now, what, what would, depending on where you are, anywhere from four degrees to 10 below, that's sounding very attractive. 50 bucks for a chance for round trip tickets on Alaska yeah. Airlines. Kelly Grable, thanks for all you do for the animals and for the community at large. You know, we really do appreciate you. Thank you, Chris Story, and we will see you at the Furball. I, for one, am looking forward to that. I don't do a lot of auctions these days, but when Kelly Grebel asks, I say yes. I look forward to it the 29th. Grab your tickets, go to the KPOW Facebook or Instagram, or just call Kelly yourself. Call or text her. She will hook you up, and we'll do some good for these pets. Got a few questions I want to answer. Not enough time right now. Again, Mary's question on reverse mortgages. I'll address that in just a moment. Also, SJ wants to know, Basically, I'll give you his question. He says, Chris, I've saved up six grand. Should I start uh, keep saving or start looking for an investment? Now I'll answer that. And we'll talk about the dangerous melon you may not be aware of. News at 11. A melon in your refrigerator might kill you. Plus, we'll go to the backyard millionaire, millionaire FAQ file and much, much more if we've got time when we return to the backyard millionaire. You're listening to The Backyard Millionaire, How to Create Wealth, Where You Are with What You've Got. I'm Chris Story. I said the wrong date. The fur ball is the 24th of this month, February 24th. So get your tickets for the 24th, and we'll see you there at the fur ball. All right, got a question here from SJ. SJ asks, Chris, I've saved up $6,000. Should I keep saving or start looking for an investment now? And I have to read the rest of this because it's me. <laughs> Thanks for any advice. Love the show. P.S. I listen in America to the podcast and I try to get all my family and friends to listen to. So thank you, SJ. That means the world to me. And I share that with you because I hope you also are listening and sharing the podcast and the five-star review. That's not necessary. It's up to you. But some sort of review and share actually helps the algorithms as much as we hate them, and it gets the program out into more people's hands. All right, short answer to SJ's question is yes. Yes, keep saving money. Yes, start looking. Remember Dolph DeRoos. He's got a formula, 100-10-3-1. It might take looking at 100 properties to find 10 that maybe meet your criteria, and that's your own ROI, your P-R-O-I, your personal return on investment what's the rate of return you demand of a property for yourself you can listen to gurus you can read all the books and, and subscribe to all the channels you want it still needs to be yours it needs to be your own personal rate of return so again 10 of those might fit that criteria for you three maybe you go and actually physically look at make three offers on three different properties and end up with one so sj it can take time it can take a lot of time and, and that's okay to be looking because here's what happens while you're looking, while you're saving, you're also learning the market. That fingertip feel we talk about here, understanding your market almost like in your bones, that's a big deal where you can see a property and analyze quickly in your mind and your instincts, your instincts are usually not wrong. Obviously, we trust but verify. We go through the process of due diligence and all that, but you'll just know. You'll know when you look at something, oh, they're off the mark. 
or, oh, wow, that's fantastic. I'm gonna give you one quick story, SJ. This is from 20 years ago. So the value, it's irrelevant really today. What I'm gonna tell you is still relevant today. I saw a property because I had a fingertip feel because I was understanding the land market at that particular time very, very well. It was my niche at that moment. I was investing in land. I saw a lot hit the market and I, I usually don't do this, but I called Tiffany and I said, I need an earnest money check now, like stat. We need an earnest money check. We're about to make an investment. And we did. And so again, all things are relative because this is 20 years ago. So the value that I'm about to tell you is somewhat, you know, it's, it's a different market, it's a different world, but I saw this lot for $44,000. Owner financing, very little down. I said, we gotta grab it right now. We're gonna give them full price. This is a valuable lot and it is, this is a deal. I could see it, I could feel it. I knew the zoning, I knew that the direction the community was going, I just knew this would be valuable. We ended up selling it within a, I didn't mean to, we did not mean to sell it. it was something on the order of $79,000 about six, seven months later, it was that fingertip feel of knowing because we look constantly. And so that's how you, SJ, I want you to be looking constantly in your market for rental property. And it may be a year or two or 10. $6,000 is a respectable amount of money. If you're going to be, let's say, for example, and I don't know this, but if you were looking for a primary residence for yourself to live in right now, and you qualified for something like FHA, or a zero down USDA loan or a veteran loan, and you ask the seller to pay the closing costs and you negotiate that in, your $6,000 could get you there. It might not, it depends upon your market. Keep saving. Remember, you cannot save your way to a fortune, but you can invest your way to wealth if you can learn to save. So you're doing that. So I'm very proud of you, I'm very happy for you. Keep it up. So yes, keep saving and yes, start looking. It's never too early to start looking. All right, we go to Mary's question. She'd asked me to just talk about my opinion. Let me just make sure I read it correctly. Where did it go? Get a lot of text during the show. Uh, what's your opinion about reverse mortgages? Advice for some friends. Okay. So I love reverse mortgages for people that are in search of a reverse mortgage. And what I mean to say is typically, um, and, and you, there is an age component. You've got to be over a certain age in the exact age of escaping my recollection off the top of my head, but I want to say it's, it's 55 and older, but that's something you can talk to Rhonda Johnson about at rondajohnson.net statewide with Cornerstone Home Lending. She can help you with a reverse mortgage, but who should have a reverse mortgage? If you plan to live in your home for the rest of your life and you have a use for the money today, then you might want to consider a reverse mortgage. If for example, this is a question that will come up sometimes for people that have a very limited fixed income. Expenses you may have noticed in this economy are on the rise, ever more expensive. Inflation's really put the heat under people with a fixed income. Their income hasn't kept up with the rate of inflation. Everything from medical to food, gas, heat, insurance, everything is on the rise. With your fixed income staying relatively stable, then that's something you might wanna look at. And I'll tell you a conversation I had with somebody confidentially, I'm not gonna reveal names or locations or anything, but this individual wanted to, to take a loan, a private loan from somebody 
and then that somebody would just get their home when this person passed away. In other words, for a fraction of the equity that was in the property, it was a paid off, paid for property, no mortgage, no indebtedness. This individual said, well, look, I, I'd, it, let's just use round numbers and say that it's a $400,000 property. He said, if somebody could give me maybe 150 now, that'll last me the rest of my life. And then when I pass, the home is yours. And I said, as an investor, as a real estate broker, as a person with a conscience, no, please don't do that. Please go investigate a reverse mortgage because there's, you can get a more value. And I wish Rhonda was here to answer this, but I think it's something on the order of 75% loan to value. So 75% of that 400,000 you can get. You do not make any payments on it. Interest starts accruing. And when you pass, then anybody who were, would inherit the home uh, would have to pay off the indebtedness of that reverse mortgage plus interest to that point in time. And the banks give you a period of time. You, it's not immediate. You do have a certain amount of time to make good on that. You either pay it off or sell the property and then that satisfies the indebtedness. But if you've got a better use for the money and it's just parked in your the four walls of your property in your home, Seek out financial advice from a financial advisor, tax advisor, and a mortgage broker like Rhonda Johnson. Go to rondajohnson.net and start that conversation with her. But that's who it's for. It's for people that want to use the cash now that's tied up and otherwise locked into their property rather than just wait for it to go to somebody else when they pass on. And meanwhile, they've had this strivation. They've had this, this like menial existence because they've got maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars locked up or more into this property. They can't touch it. Um, but yet they're also having a difficult time paying their bills. So those are the kind of people that should look at a reverse mortgage. Um, but if you don't have a better use for that money, then might not want to get involved in it. But again, the person that I talked out of depriving themselves out of a lot of equity simply because it, it, they weren't familiar with reverse mortgage, or maybe you see the commercials on TV and you're a little bit, mm, this seems a little, you know, Fred Thompson used to do them, now Magnum PI does them, and they always try to get somebody trusted to go up there and, and put a face on this thing. Trust somebody in your own backyard. If you're listening to this broadcast in Alaska, and I trust you are, rondajohnson.net is the one-stop shop to at least start the conversation about a reverse mortgage. Cornerstone Home Lending does offer that service. So um, I would check it out there. Thank you, Mary, for the question. I do appreciate it. Careful with that cantaloupe. That's right. Atlanta, Georgia, an outbreak of salmonella linked to cantaloupes has officially come to an end. You'll be happy to hear the Centers for Disease Control have announced that the outbreak, which affected 400 people in 44 states and resulted in 158 hospitalizations and six deaths in America. Also, the tainted cantaloupe were sold in Canada, 160 cases, 61 hospitalizations, and seven deaths in Canada due to these salmonella-infected cantaloupes. And here's my question for you. How long before you're comfortable at the buffet or wherever, eating a slice of cantaloupe. Me, 20, 30, honestly, I'm not kidding. And I, I'm being very serious with you. Um, and here's what's ironic about that is that the, it, the, the, the cantaloupe market, if there is such a thing, has probably never been safer than it is right now relative to their examination of them and culling through. And it'll probably be perfectly fine. But for a guy like me, who has been hospitalized 
with trichinosis, no, not going to take a chance. I like cantaloupe, but not that much. We turn now to the FAQ files from the backyard of Millionaire. What's the best way to determine fair market value? This question comes in a lot. What's the best way to determine fair market value? There's three approaches. Opinion of value by a realtor. I like that one. An appraisal. Put the property on the market. So remember, fair market value is essentially, no, by definition, is the willing seller's lowest price and a willing buyer's highest price. When those two meet, you have effectively, by definition, met fair market value. So preemptively, though, if you don't want to, you don't want to just throw, shove something down into the market. You need to have some sort of an opinion of value. Now you've got those two routes: appraisal or opinion of value. And I'm here to tell you, your realtor evaluation is going to be most effective on what the market might do. It'll reflect more of what the market might do than an appraisal, or how your property individually is going to respond in the marketplace. How will buyers respond to your to your property? That is our job as, as realtors and brokers. It's our job to forecast that and recommend and make, um, make suggestions as to what you want to do to enhance the appeal or the marketability of your property in addition to telling you what the range of value could and would be on the market. Whereas an appraiser's job essentially is to definitively come up with a value and for banks their job is to defend the value that buyer and seller have achieved and look out for safety and uh, health and safety issues. So I guess I'm answering the question by just saying, get an opinion of value from your realtor, then put it out onto the market, and then the appraiser will work towards determining whether or not you and your buyer have actually met fair market value according to the data that they can put together and justify to the bank. It's been a real pleasure to be with you here today. I want to thank Kelly Grable, my guest. Looking forward to the KPAL Furball on the 24th of February. I hope to see you there. I'll be your auctioneer. And thank you to Rhonda Johnson for being a great guest on our Mortgage Moment. I'm Chris Story reminding you, and I do mean you, can make a million bucks in your own backyard. We'll see you next time.